Last segment, I was on the phone with uh, BC's Minister of Forests, Doug Donaldson, where we talked about $14 million in grants to help support projects in rural communities across BC. And one of those projects that will be getting some funding through this program is a new cannabis production facility on the Williams Lake Indian Band. And joining me now to talk a little bit more about this project is Chief Willie Sellers. Chief Sellers, how are you doing here today? I'm good. It's the sun is shining here, so I couldn't be uh, in more better spirits. Awesome. Glad to hear it. I've been sick of the rain here in Kamloops here over the last couple of weeks, so happy to see some sun finally. Um, Chief Sellers, now this project, I mean, it sounds like something that's going to be pretty significant and pretty pretty big for the for your community. Maybe just give me a quick rundown of exactly what we're talking about here. If half a million for a, a production facility, what exactly are you guys looking to build? Yeah, it's going to be something new. It's going to be something different. Uh, it's going to be the first of its kind in BC and one of the one of the few in Canada, actually. Probably actually the first one on First Nation reserve lands in Canada. So we're pretty proud of that. It's a um, farm to gate cultivation facility. So we're going to be growing and selling out of the same building. Uh, the Health Canada requirements around this and the negotiations that we've had with both the province and the feds, I think, have been long standing we uh we've been at the table with them for over a year now and uh, it's going to complement our retail store that's currently on reserve it's a 7,000 square foot building with about 2100 square feet of growing space so we're very excited about it i mean we're very proud of of what we've been able to put together with the help of the provincial government with the help of funding agencies like Northern Development Initiative Trust and with the help from the federal government. I think the support is shining through on how these governments are helping First Nations kickstart the economies and the regions that they're living in. So what we've been able to put together in the collaboration with a number of different agencies and governments, uh, we're very proud and uh, we're very excited. I mean, we're talking about an economy in Williams Lake that... Uh, has been plagued by a number of different things. Uh, Mount Pauly TSF failure, the wildfires in 2017, the downturn in the forestry economy, the COVID-19 pandemic that we're all dealing with. Uh, how do we kickstart our economy and diversify that economy at, at the same time? And cannabis is that industry that's just starting to break through. We're starting small with this facility uh, and it's going to complement how we've already injected ourselves in the cannabis industry already. So uh, it's jobs, it's revenue. Uh, we've made a commitment to local contractors and uh, we couldn't ask for, um, you know, uh, uh, more help or, or, or more support uh, right now. We're very excited. And and uh, how long have you guys been working on, on getting something like this, uh, you know, up and, and built? Is this something that uh, has been in, kind of in the works for a little while? Yeah, for a couple of years now. You know, when uh, when cannabis was first legalized, we started looking at how we wanted to inject ourselves into the industry. We thought, um, what better way than to start a cannabis retail store? We've been in negotiations with the provincial government around a Section 119 agreement, which is specific to First Nation governments. Uh, that's going to be a government-to-government agreement that we're going to be announcing within the next month. So getting into the retail side, that was 11 full-time jobs, a revenue stream that we're starting to see the benefits of now. Uh, you know, that's how we're diversifying the economy. Okay, now that we got the retail store going, we started looking, you know, paralleling that process with our aspirations towards cultivation. And you know, you look at cultivation when uh, uh, cannabis was initially legalized and, um, 
go big or go home was kind of the thing. Everybody was building these massive facilities. And, you know, we entertained the idea of doing that, but we didn't want to bite off more than we could chew. Mm -hmm. We understand the uh, economy here in Williams Lake and, and what's going to work and through research and through negotiations with both the province and the feds and, and going through a number of different um uh, consultants giving us feedback on, on what would work best for this region. We, we settled on this micro facility, this farm to gate facility, this craft cannabis um, uh, store that, that I think is going to complement what we're doing, but it's also going to put us on the map and hopefully create um, a roadmap for other First Nations to follow who are looking to get into the industry but don't want to invest hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, I think it's pretty cool. I like I like the way you phrase it too. This craft cannabis market, right? Because we talk all all the time about craft beers here in this in this country and in this province. And why can't we have some more craft cannabis? I think that makes a whole lot of sense. How, how quickly are you hoping to have this thing built? Oh, we're breaking ground on Monday. Uh, very exciting day for us. Uh, we would think it's going to be ready by next year. The licensing process is about a year long, so we're factoring that in, of course. Okay. I mean, the, the building, we awarded the building to Lauren Brothers, which is a local contractor. We pride ourselves on being able to deliver these projects with the help of local contractors, local subcontractors, and the local workforce. I mean, that's really what it's about. I mean, people want to work right now. And as, as, as we start to the loosen the reins on this COVID-19 pandemic and, and look at how the future is going to be and, and how we kickstart the economy, it's by putting people to work. And we understand that. And that's what we want to see from any local developer in, in Williams. Like, we want to see them source out those, those local contractors. So that being said, we're, we're figuring that uh, it's going to be about a year. We hope to be open by sometime next spring, early summer. Um, but again, I mean, it's going to depend on that licensing process, how quickly we can get through and working with the feds, working with Health Canada to make sure that we do it properly. We understand that this is going to be under a ton of scrutiny because it's one of the first of its kind. It's going to be the first one in the, in the Williams Lake in the, in the Caribou. First of its kind in BC, I mean, it's still staggering to think about of what it's going to be able to do to this region and the amount of tourism that it's going to be able to develop, the amount of interest it's going to be able to develop. So we're thinking the construction schedule is somewhere between seven and eight months. And then as we ramp up and start the growing process, uh, we're looking about a year as we parallel that with the licensing requirements. All right, cool. Well, I'll keep that time frame in mind myself. Um, and this is going to be completely owned and operated by the community, correct? You bet. So I, I just uh, maybe I'm a bit ignorant on this, but I know like when we're talking about cultivating and growing uh, cannabis plants, I mean, that's not something that just any anybody can do right off the street. So how is your community going about, you know, learning this process? Do you have experts already in the community who are, you know, know exactly what they're doing when it comes to growing? I'm just curious how um, I know this is early stages and we're, I'm looking at a kind of when things are opening here from a year from now. But, um, you know, how do you go about putting those people in place who are going to be able to actually make this product is that something that you thought about yet well i'm not about to out a bunch of my community members for growing cannabis yeah so <laughs> that's fair that's totally <laughs> fair <laughs> yeah i um i understand that uh it's it's uh, a process to find these individuals. We have a number of educated individuals within the community that both, you know, with that horticulturalist mm -hmm. uh, pedigree or with, um, you know, learning 
from experience, I guess, to say, to say. but um, we're working with a consulting company out of Kelowna, actually, Summerland area, that's a genotype. Okay. Uh, a good group of guys, and, and, you know, we envision these consultants to continue to, to work with us in developing the building, developing the grow, and then also mentoring the band members that we see in these master grower positions. Uh, you know, this is the, the start of something that's brand new, and, and we understand that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not a cannabis expert. Uh, just because we've been working with cannabis for the last uh, couple of years, uh, I seem to be tagged with this cannabis expert um, <laughs> uh, uh, tag, but uh, I'm not. Yeah, sure <laughs> we've just we've been learning as we're going, and it's the people that you surround yourself with is is the people that are going to make you successful. We understand that right from the staff level at WLIB. Uh, Chief and Council understands that, but we also understand that we want our band members in these high-level positions, Mm -hmm. so that's what the goal is. I mean, we want to bring a master grower in through our consulting company that is going to be able to teach our people to be able to take the reins on um, when they feel comfortable. Okay. I mean, that's a success story on its own. Absolutely. And and we get that. individuals being able to provide for their families and staying home at the same time in an industry that's pretty neat you know it's it's different it's um it's not the norm but uh we're 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 very excited to to continue to get this thing and to see how it develops moving forward no, I think that's awesome. I, I just literally did not know how that process worked. So I think that's pretty interesting and, and happy to see that people in your community are going to be the ones benefiting the most because that's really, I think, the, the most important part of a project like this. Uh, anything yeah, else? Look at it, it it's, I mean, it's 20 plus jobs. Yeah. yeah. It's not insignificant at all when we see a Mount, Mount Pauly mines shutting down. I mean, how are we going to fill that gap of 300 plus jobs in this region? I mean, it's through initiatives like this that are going to help us you know, supplement those individuals so they don't have to go to camp up north or down mm-hmm. south or, or, or out of country. So, Very cool. Doing, uh, doing our part to the best of our ability. Yeah, that's that's good. No, I think this is awesome. Um, Chief Sellers, will I have you too? I know uh, I did want to switch gears a little bit here about uh, what happened here uh, at Williams Lake City Council earlier this week. Um, I haven't seen the release, but I understand you guys put one out there. You mentioned it to me earlier. Uh, but Councillor uh, Marnie Brenner, I guess, made some comments saying that there are two sides to reconciliation and that not everyone had a negative experience at residential schools. Um, what what uh, I understand this is, this is a comment that has made you quite uh, angry here, um, and I think rightfully so, but maybe just uh, get your thoughts on why this is such an, you know, really an offensive thing for someone to say. Yeah, I mean, it's some pretty heavy stuff, and when we start talking about the sensitivities around residential school, I mean, it's an education. We're still dealing with the impacts of residential school to this day in my community and communities across Canada. And that intergenerational trauma piece is one, but there's still individuals that um, are survivors from residential school to try and downplay the experience that some had over others uh, to justify some of your economic aspirations within the city um, is just downright shameful and 
when we talked about this at the council level and, and, and looked at how we were going to approach the comments made by the city of Williams Lake in regards to it, you know, we say one councillor made these statements, but I didn't hear any of the other councillors or the mayor step in and, and correct this individual for what she was saying. I think that makes them guilty by association, and uh, council was in agreement that something needed to be said. I mean, it is, these kind of comments won't be tolerated in First Nations communities, especially in the era of um, Black Lives Matter and, and reconciliation. We talk about, you know... They, they say that reconciliation is earned. It's a two-way street. It goes both ways. I mean, just those comments alone show you how uneducated these individuals are around what reconciliation truly is. And uh, as a First Nation leader in my community who lives on in my reserve, uh, you know, I, 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 I was embarrassed and... and you know, I, I get really emotional when we start talking about this because, you know, my dad's a residential school survivor. My um, my upbringing was, you know, it was different than most kids. And, and you, you hear the stories from the elders, you hear the stories from uh, individuals that have, have lived through that. I mean, it's, it's no joke and it can't be downplayed. It's an important part of history that... Yeah. that we have to educate people on and it's very frustrating for us to hear those coming from a leader that's supposed to be um who's supposed to be championing that reconciliation process when they aren't what when you hear stuff like that i mean you kind of touched on it a little bit but what does that do to your relationship you know as uh, uh you know uh, as a reserve uh, a chief of, of the uh, the williams lake indian band i mean i would assume you guys would want to be doing work closely with the, the municipality of williams lake itself but this i would think would have a pretty detrimental effect on that relationship at least in the immediate future i mean what what does this do to your relationship with the community at this time Oh, I mean, the impacts on the relationship, and you could hear it in my voice even. Like, how can we sit across from the, across the table from these individuals after making comments like that? I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, we're pretty open-minded here at um, WLIB. We have a very progressive council. We have a very... Um, uh, we have a, a ton of capacity in our office that helps us get through these things. But I mean, the first thing that I think about, I mean, we, we want to mend some bridges with the city. I mean, let's bring them through some cultural sensitivity training and educate them on exactly how the impacts of um, the history of, of, of Canada had on First Nations peoples to start. I mean, we could bring them through that if they're willing to. And I mean, that should be, I mean, it's, it's, it's a part of the TRC's calls to action is is that education piece around indigenous cultures and traditions. Um, Let's get them to the table and and really push them on this stuff. But I mean, even then, um, it's like it's falling on deaf ears with this council because, you know, we continue to say these things. We continue to try and work with them and hold up this region, hold up this um, city and, and the relationship, but they continue to just, you know, push back on these things you hear these comments and obviously they're uh the the discussions that we've had are 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 not helping but i am honestly at a loss of words on 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 how we can mend this relationship and how we can move forward in in a positive way and i would be looking to the rest of my council to comment and help guide me and i'd also be looking at our elders group to to provide advice to me on this stuff because it's not something that i can tackle on my own 
we're going to heal as a community and we're going to move forward as a community. Well, Chief Sellers, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and speaking on this. I, I, I'm sorry that it happened, and unfortunately, it is uh, you know some some attitudes that still exist. I mean, residential schools. Some people think it's ancient history, but it really wasn't that long ago, and it's a you know it's a shame that people don't really understand the true impact of it. But hopefully, hopefully, we can learn, and and hopefully, uh, you know, you you can move forward as well. But um, yeah, again, sorry that it happened, but I really appreciate you taking the time and, and speaking on it. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for uh, the chat. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. That was Chief of the Williams Lake Indian Band there, Willie Sellers.